Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Beth, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hey, it's great to be here. I am so excited. I was telling you before we started recording, I'm like, I got to find that professional line between being excited to interview someone that you, I've learned so much about the Enneagram from and like fangirling, right? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. got to be this, this like <laughs> oh, professional so middle ground. So you are one of the most, I think you are probably the most prominent Christian voice on the Enneagram in the internet space. Um, you're the your Enneagram coach. You have a coaching program and a podcast and books and you just have a wealth of knowledge. And so to introduce you to everyone on the show, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and all the things you do? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee with my husband. We've been married 26 years. We have two kids that are both in college. Actually, my son is graduating from college and heading off to uh, seminary where my husband went many moons Aww. ago. Um, and then my daughter plans to follow, which I think a lot of people are like, like, that's what parent, like we, we planned it, you know, and we're actually, to be honest, we've had a lot of heartaches in ministry. Um, mm-hmm. so my husband's been a pastor for 20 years. He's now actually working full-time for us, but you know, we actually, and the kids that went through some of those heartaches. And so really sat down with them and said, Hey, we are here to support you no matter what. We just want to make sure this is your calling and not, mm-hmm. you know, what your dad did. And it was just really great to hear from them. Um, and also for them to see that ministry is hard and beautiful. Yeah. So they're, they feel this calling and they're passionate. So we're like, okay, great. We're going to support you. So anyway, it's kind of fun. Cause my uh, brother is actually the professor, a professor of counseling and director there. So Aww. they actually get to go move and be with my brother and his family. And so the cousins get to actually finally live near each other. So anyway, that's a, that's a lot of really no, kind of personal, that, like fun information. So yeah. we're just excited for them and their next stage of life. But yeah, so uh, we're here in Nashville and I have been studying the Enneagram since 2001 when we were actually in seminary. Our wow. kids were actually one and three when we were introduced to it. Um, and, you know, we went to a very conservative Christian seminary and I could see the, the truth that was in the Enneagram, but it was hard as a Christian because all of the teachers that I was reading from would not align with our uh, biblical and theologically, you know, worldview. Mm. They weren't Mm -hmm. Christians. One was um, a Catholic. Um, And so, you know, I really wrestled with, okay, I can really see the the foundational truth here that that brings a lot of clarity, but this isn't the way we would word it. And so what basically I've done for the last uh, 20 years is really lean on my husband and all of, you know, like my, my brother and all of our friends, their theological training to really kind of piece together a gospel centered approach to the Enneagram. So anything that is not truth 
you know, we're just going to throw out. We're just, mm-hmm. we're not going to participate in. Um, and so, but what we do see is truth that aligns with a biblical worldview. We're going to investigate that and look into that and see how we can utilize that. So for us, just to kind of give everyone a, a real head, like a clear view, your Enneagram coach, our mission statement says that we're here to help people to understand themselves with astonishing clarity so they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Mm. Now, we don't even have the word Enneagram in our mission statement because the Enneagram is just a tool, one of many tools out there. It's an amazing tool, but it's just one tool, but it's the gospel that transforms us. It's Jesus Christ's perfect life, death, and resurrection. So our whole purpose is to help people to know who they are, but more importantly, whose they are. Mm, I love that. And I love that you said that the, the Enneagram isn't even in your mission statement because every, and we feel the same way at the crappy Christian show. Like it's, it's all about Jesus. It's all about pointing people to him and helping people experience him. And we use tools yeah. to do that. Yeah. And we, I Lots mean, we tools, use the Enneagram books. here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Ministries. Yeah. There's lots of things out there that are going to have both um, strengths and liabilities in them because we're on this side of heaven. So no matter really what tool you're using, we have to be mindful. We have to be good, um, uh, students, um, of the word and also good students of our culture and how do we be in the world, but not of the world. And Mm -hmm. that is, you know, a very important thing for us. It is. So I thought I was going to, we were going to talk about this later, but I just kind of right out the gate want to address, um, in Christian circles, I think people either love or hate the Enneagram. Sure. We've gotten to a point where like there are very few people who are ambivalent about it. They either right. love it and have seen like life-changing effects or they think it's evil and demonic and rooted in the occult and that Christians shouldn't have anything to do with it. And mm. we got to have a conversation before we started recording and you and I have very pretty much the same response to that. But I'm thinking maybe if people hear it from like another voice. It's mm-hmm. not mine. <laughs> Maybe they'll hear yeah. it a little bit better. So what is, as someone who your ministry is built a- around Jesus, but uses the Enneagram, mm-hmm. like how, how have you responded to people that, that, are that feel that way? Leery or opposed to it. Yeah. Right. So there's, and there's many reasons I would say, you know, there's the elephant in the room that I'll get to, but I would say that one of the first things that people are opposed to the Enneagram is, is really unfortunately how people are using the Enneagram. Um, so if we can just address that first people, um, what they need to understand about the Enneagram, if they're, there's probably a lot of newbies out there, like, what are we even talking about? So the Enneagram helps people to understand why they uh, think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So it's different than the other personality types that just say what you do. It's not just descriptive. It's getting to the core of why you do what you do. Um, so the motivation, so it's really getting to the core inside of us. Um, and it's very exposing. It's a non-judgmental friend. That's going to tell you like how you are at your healthiest all the way to your unhealthiest for your particular type, which can be really uncomfortable. Um, and so unfortunately there are people that haven't, they'll pick up a book or they hear about it and they read and they start using it without any, really any training. Mm -hmm. And it's like, a toddler, you know, who's learning to walk, um, learning to run and they pick up a knife, you know, or like a butcher knife. It's like, (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Wait, wait, (laughs) that is to be used, but used rightly and at the right stage of learning. Um, so what people are, are doing is they're using the Enneagram either as a sword or a shield. 
Mm. And that is going to put anyone off and it should, you mm-hmm. know, if you're going to use the Enneagram, like, oh my goodness, you're being such a, like, you know, you've said that you're an eight, Blake, oh, you're mm-hmm. being such an eight, you know? Like, right. And is, then my response could be, well, I'm just an eight. Like, it's just the way right. I am. And, it's and that's the shield. bad behavior. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, I am an eight. That's what I do. So just deal with it. Well, right. What Christ is calling us to is to love each other well with kindness, mm-hmm. compassion, gentleness, mercy, peace, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit. Um, and so if we use the Enneagram from a fruits of the spirit uh, perspective with compassion and understanding, mercy, grace, forgiveness, love, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. So we want to be very careful how we use this tool, because again, it is the most exposing you'll ever be. And I think that's mm-hmm. also what puts people off because they're, they're not quite ready to see their full interior world. Yeah. And I believe it's it one, it just hurts, right? It hurts when we see our struggles, our weaknesses, uh, our sins. When I first but, read about eights, mm-hmm. I was like, no, thank you. I no, yes. I don't yes. want that's not no, you know, and yes. so I think that but I think that there are some people who don't get past that oh, feeling and just decide the Enneagram is bad. Well, and and naturally as humans, we tend to look at the negative parts that kind yes. of highlights in our heart and all of a sudden we're tripped up in that area when we're instead, well, what about the healthy parts of who we are? Exactly. The, the parts that reflect Jesus, the parts that, um, were, you know, made in his image. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's, that's why our mission statement is the way it is, is because yes, on this side of heaven, we are sinners. We are going to experience shame. We're going to experience the brokenness. Um, we're going to experience self-condemnation and fear. But Christ didn't leave us there. He mm-hmm. came to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us. And that's where we want to bring the truth of the gospel of all that he has done in um, his personal life, but also now with his Holy Spirit and how he has saved us, redeemed us, and is reconciling us to, to all things. And so mm-hmm. what we want to what we want to highlight is yes, this is there's parts of the interim that are gonna hurt. But at the same time of seeing what is sinful or negative or weak about us at the very same moment, we need to look to Jesus and see him because Mm -hmm. not only did he forgive us of all of our sins, if he is our Lord and savior, he has put on us his righteousness. And when God looks at us, he sees Jesus's righteousness. Mm -hmm. So he's not looking at all of these faults and like we have to measure up. No, he measured up for us. So but we also don't sit there and go, oh, well, then I don't have to worry about anything anymore. No, like, exactly. he's called us to transformation. He has called mm-hmm. us to be more like him. Mm-hmm. And the more I'm like him, the more I can see these weaknesses and frailties and own them. Yep. And I can say, I'm sorry to my husband, exactly. my kids, to anyone else, knowing that it's not up to them to, to forgive me and all things are fixed. So I hope they will. It's that Christ has forgiven me and all things mm. are well and fixed. So, mm-hmm. so how we use the Enneagram is going yes. to be the key thing to how people are either put off or they're going to use it. And I would say a huge reason why people are put off by the Enneagram is because people are using it like a sword, they're mm-hmm. sarcastic, mean, or just outright saying harmful things or the shield. Well, this is just the way I am. Right. No, Christ called you to be more like him to transform. So that's the first part. The second part is um, the the two um, people that really kind of brought the Enneagram into the modern age, um, this tool, this symbol has been used for, they believe, thousands of years. Um, they can trace it back to lots of different things, but it's so 
um, unclear that we don't really focus too much on how it was used in the past. A lot of people are focusing on these two men and they're not believers. They're not Christians. Mm -hmm. um, but the one particularly um, Naranjo, uh, Claudio Naranjo was a psychiatrist, well-studied psychiatrist. And as he learned it from Achazo, he then started bringing it into more of the personality realm. Um, now, Naranjo is a type five. Type fives, if people know type fives, they have filing cabinet after filing cabinet after filing cabinet in their brain. Mm -hmm. And they know exactly where all the data is from all the years of study. And then they study a wide variety of things and usually specialize in one or two or three things. And so what um, happened, there's a video out there that, that said that he had said that he basically sat down and used kind of automatic writing. Well, automatic mm -hmm. writing as a whole could mean a lot of different things. Right. Um, and so it could be, you know, I sat down and I just allowed the data and the information and the knowledge that I've had to kind of just flow through. Um, I believe that's what he was intending. But those that um, tend to be a little bit more skeptical or unsure or, or really looking for anything that could be off, uh, they're taking that term to mean, oh, well, he channeled a demon. Um, and it's like such I a asked, big jump. Like <laughs> it is, it is a big jump, but especially when you don't know him. Right. So basically Jeff and I, because I did not study under him, he has uh, passed away in the last year. Um, so I asked, um, you know, some Enneagram experts that literally studied under him and just point blank said, is there any indication when you were with him and around him that he was a part of any occult or uh, pagan practices of such that Christians should be concerned. And they, they just kind of laughed and were like, no, that is not what he was intending to mean, or that's not what he meant. So, um, so from those conversations and other research that I've done, you know, I believe that that is just not true, but also here's the thing, you know, God used a lot of um, things of the world to reveal himself. And even Paul talks about um, different uh, writers of their culture of that day to point them to Christ. And so I just feel like God redeems all things. Now, does that mean we should just use anything of this world? No, we want to be very mindful, but I think people will be very pleased with how we have taken the Enneagram and kept what is true to our theological training and then use those parts to grow in their faith with Christ. So, mm -hmm. you know, oh, and we have just come out with a three, uh, part podcast series on this very topic. I, mm -hmm. um, we interviewed two other pastors, my husband's a pastor, and then we interviewed two other pastors on this very topic. Should Christians use the Enneagram? So it's episodes, uh, 64, 65, and 66. So at your Enneagram coach, the podcast, people who want to listen to a really lengthy, very well-informed argument on this, that is the place to go. And we will link to those. This is coming out after those. So we'll link to those in the show description so people can yeah, get to them we really easily. Have a PDF download that's a right. more of a summary of those. And mm -hmm. we'll send that to you and you can put Perfect. that link as well. We'll link that as well. Yeah. I think that I love you. I, this isn't video. So people couldn't see that I was like using all kinds of hand motions to <laughs> agree with you because I didn't want to interrupt because I don't like to interrupt. But you said something about that like God can redeem anything. Right. And it's okay. So there is definitely this, you know, there are sets of, of Christians who are very vocally anti the Enneagram, not only for themselves, but for everyone, sure. which is a problem in my opinion. Like let, like, how about you don't be my Holy spirit 
and let like the Holy Spirit and I figure this out. Um, but when faced with that part of it, when I'm like, but can God not redeem anything? Because I'm here to tell you that God used the Enneagram as a tool to save my marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can't tell me that that wasn't God and that God can't work through anything. And so I was, I really love that you said that because uh, I'm an eight. My husband is a one. Right. We are fire and ice. Yeah. (laughs) We are fire and ice and both very strong personalities. And for a long time at all the marriage conferences, all the love language books, all the counseling, we just could not understand one another. Like I looked at him was just like, I get that scene from the office. Why are you the way you are? Yes. Every time I try to do something fun, you make it not that way. Like <laughs> that is how I felt about my husband until I learned about myself in the Enneagram. And that, right. you know, was able to learn about like that seven wing. I just want to have fun. I don't want to like deal with hard things. I just want to like have fun and it doesn't matter. Whereas his oneness needs things to be right and in order and, and, you know, mm-hmm done the right way. And and both of you feel very strongly about your views. It's not yes. like one is just going to go, Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, okay. it's like, yeah, no, I mean, you guys are very, um, hardcore in the way you see the world, very black and white in your own yes. respects. Um, but yeah, so the Enneagram really helps to peel back the layers of the behaviors yes. and gets to the heart. And so yes. Once you guys are able to see the heart behind it, then you can have that compassionate understanding and come alongside one another. It doesn't mean that you ultimately, you're not going to change in the sense of your, how God created you, but you are going to change in the sense of how you can come alongside one another exactly. and love each other from their vantage point versus just your own. Is that right? What happened? Absolutely. It went from, why are you the way you are about everything to him doing something that annoyed the crap out of me? But being able to look at it and understand why he did it, because like you were saying, when you were explaining the Enneagram, it's not just what you, it doesn't explain what you do. It explains why you do it, you know? And so now when he, when he reloads the dishwasher after I, after I loaded it, (laughs) it's not because he's like, you're the worst and you can't do anything right. He just wanted it to be done right. And it made him feel better. And so now he just does the dishes always to be honest, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, okay, wait, so if that's just going to happen, let's, let's agree that you do the dishes and I'll figure something else out that you don't care about. And I'll take wait, that. Yeah. He doesn't care about how his laundry's folded. So like, I got you, boo. I can do that all day. I'm not loading the dishwasher and then watching you reload it. Like that's right. everybody's yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah. And then and you can little things like that. And then that. you can honor him in that space. Like, Hey, you love our dishes. And that's so funny. That's such a classic one thing. Classic. You love that our dishes are done right. And you believe there is a right way. And of course, all the ones out there are going, but there is a right way. There is a right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's fine. Like I, I am happy to step aside and watch you excel in this area. As long as you're yes. okay that I'll, cause what ones wouldn't want is for you to just go and okay, you're an eight. So this wouldn't happen, but just like, okay, I'm going to go sit and do nothing, you know? Um, so then you can say, Hey, okay, you take that responsibility. Cause see the ones have the list of responsibilities that all need yes. to be done and done. Right. And what I hear you saying is that you were like, okay, you, this is, this is something that's important to you that is done right. So you take that and I'll take the laundry because I can do it in a way that isn't going to, um, uh, kind of drudge up your inner critic 
and yes. it has to be done a specific way. So I can step in there and, and do that for you and, and relieve a responsibility that doesn't have to be on your shoulder. And that means a lot to ones yes. because they have this running list. And if you're like, Hey, I got you, mm-hmm. oh, that means the world to them. So it's such a beautiful way of showing people. Yes. You guys can really butt heads. Yes. If you're misaligned with the truth of the gospel, mm-hmm. but when we get healthy and aligned and we're for one another, we can then go, okay, how can we do this in another way? That's actually beneficial for us as a couple and one another. So I love right. that's a perfect and wonderful example. Well, yeah. And the other way, you know, there's, I don't, I don't think ones and eights were created to understand one another naturally because we are so different. So when I'm like yelling about something and he's like, what are you even He's learned to just be like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Get it like, all out. That you're, <laughs> you have intensity. Yes. Yes. And that's true. You know, like with my husband, so I'm a nine, so, right. but I do have a strong eight wing, but okay. I'm a nine, the peaceful accommodator. And I want to avoid conflict intention and intensity of any kind. And my husband, he's a six, but he's what's called the counterphobic six. So it looks very eight ish. So mm-hmm. he has a lot of passion and drive and intensity as well. And a lot of times it's not anger or displeasure. No. It's just, it's just intensity. It's just the way but I talk. I, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it lands on me. My, my mm-hmm. nine absorbs it as something's wrong to the point where here, here's what's even so funny about nines, or at least for me is I would watch my husband when our kids were really little wrestle and play with them and they were squealing and laughing. And there's just all this energy. And for me, my nine was like, oh, I can't take it. But my eyes were saying, this is so sweet. Like right. they're having a great time. But, but my, my personal being was very disrupted. And so I had to work through that. Like, you know, I had to recognize, okay, there's a part of me that doesn't know what to do with this intensity and this um, loudness and this chaos. And yet I knew it was also good. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of wrestle with, okay, well, h- how do I um, be here? Or, or maybe I need to just allow them to have fun. If it's right. too, like, maybe I'm just not in the, in a space where I can be around this, you know, yeah. maybe I'll go to the bedroom and read while they have fun. Um, or there's some days, maybe it wasn't as hard. And I was like, okay, yeah, this, this feels a little internally disruptive, but this is so I can, awesome. I can do like, this. Yeah. So yeah. it, a lot of it has to do knowing yourself, knowing how we are in any given moment, because we're going to always range between healthy all the way to unhealthy mm-hmm. ebb and flow in life. But that's where the gospel comes in. No matter where we are, and we call it aligned, misaligned, or out of alignment with the truth of the gospel. Okay. No matter where we are on that spectrum, if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we are safe in him. We are seen through the lens of that we are his beloved child that we are redeemed, we're cared for. So if we, if we always recognize that and that be the foundation that we come off of, then when I'm not necessarily doing well, or I have some selfish motives or I'm outright sinning, I can own that. I can take the log out of my eye because Mm -hmm. I can easily um, pull from the love and the the redeeming factor that Christ has in me. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I'm hoping for people. Cause there's, like you said, this issue with the dishwasher in and of itself is not a sinful thing, you know, no. like, but it can become that. Yes. How we treat one another, right. but to then have the awareness and the, the know-how of, Oh wait, this is what's actually going on underneath everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how can we support each other? Like that is such a beautiful way of coming aligned and coming alongside one another. Right. 
So people are maybe listening to us talk about the types that we are and that our husbands are and how we've interacted. And they may be wondering, okay, like this sounds interesting. How do (laughs) I figure out what my type is? Uh, I get that DM a lot. Anytime I talk about the Enneagram and it's, it's not a one and done answer. Right. Yes. How do you, for some people it can be fast and for yes. some people it can take a very long time. So if I and mistyped again, as a three at first. Absolutely. A lot of dates do that. You know why? Right. <laughs> it's so funny. I always love all this kind of stuff. My brain just gets giddy. So eights will look at the personalities from afar. Eights are big picture, bullet point. I don't, just, you know, come on, hurry up. Let's go. Yep. So they're looking through the list. They see a, um, let's say, the, you know, achiever or ours is um, admirable achiever. Uh, some, what are the others like successful achiever, you know, just different things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I achieve. I knock it out of the park. Done. Okay, cool. Done. Yeah. But then when I say, okay, now the biggest difference between threes and eights, I mean, there's a lot of differences, but the biggest difference is that threes are shapeshifters. They're the ones that are going to become whatever likable image is in that particular moment. They, they are going to fake it till they make it. Mm-hmm. And eights are like, oh, 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 no. oh. <laughs> I can't do that and will not do that. Then I'm like, no. okay, well, then you're an eight, you know? I know. The way I figured it out was when I realized threes really care what people think about them. Right. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I give zero craps what anybody thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, but, but eights will often fall into three because they see this fast paced, efficient go getter. Yep. And so they're looking at descriptions and they're not looking again at the why, the core motivations. Once you start looking at the core motivations, which we can, I can kind of go into. You guys, I am so excited to be partnering with Compassion International for the next few weeks to shine a light on the work they are currently doing in Brazil. Right now, there are over 4,000 children in Brazil waiting to be sponsored, and the crappy Christian community is going to do their part to help. So for $38 a month, you can provide education, supplements, health care, Christ-centered guidance, recreational activities, and the love these kids need to discover their true value in Christ through a relationship with a local church. This is just a really tangible way to be the hands and feet of Christ for kids who otherwise don't have access to the basic things they need to survive. And for the next few weeks, as a gift for you joining me in this movement, you will get free access to a really fun live event that I am hosting August 3rd when you sign up to sponsor a child. We'll be hanging out live on Zoom, answering questions, talking about all my favorite stuff. It's just going to be a really good time. So you can head to crappychristianco.com slash links to find out more information about sponsoring a child to sign up and get access to the live event. Please consider and pray about joining me in making a difference in these kids' lives. Okay, let's get back to the show. Then the aides were like, oh, wait, hold on, switch. <laughs> um, and people do, people do that with a lot of types because, again, mm-hmm. we're so trained with personality styles and temperaments to look at behaviors mm-hmm. that we don't even know quite how to go deeper and go to the mm-hmm. core, especially I would say, um, so my generation, I'm 46 and older was never taught to go inward. Whereas the younger generations, that's what they're, they're starving for. They're, they're mm-hmm. thirsty for authenticity. So for the younger generation, getting into the Enneagram and finding their types a little bit easier because for them, it's no problem to, to go there. So basically in finding your main types, there's nine Enneagram types and, um, 
now we have all nine types in us and we use them all to varying degrees, but one reigns supreme. It is mm-hmm. the driving force of why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And to find that you want to look at the core motivations of each type. And there are four main core motivations for each type. Um, and you can put this in your uh, show notes, but your Enneagram coach one, we have a free assessment in the upper right-hand corner. So people can take that, but only use it as a guiding post. Like, like kind of like see, a jumping off place. Yeah. yeah. Like see where you scored, but don't land on like, oh, well, it said I'm this. No, it's mm-hmm. supposed to just guide you. So look at maybe your top three or four numbers and then continue to investigate. What we want you to do is click on the links or go to your Enneagram forward slash core motivations. We have a free PDF there as well. And that shows you all nine core motivate all nine types core motivations. So you can look at all of them and really start to think through, okay, why did I do that? Whatever that mm-hmm. was. So why did why do I have to load the dishwasher right? You know, right. Um, why do I get so big and intense? Um and talking. So all of these things you want to look at the why. So the core motivations are just the core fear. This is what you're always running away from. The core desire, what you're always striving for, the core weakness, this is your Achilles heel, the thorn in your side, the thing that literally shows us we need Jesus Christ every single day. Amen. And then the core longing. This is the message your heart longs to hear. Now, as a believer, that message has been satisfied through Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we recognize that, it is the very thing we keep striving to hear and to know on earth. And when people don't come through for us, especially in this core longing message, that is where everything can really get off kilter. So for instance, for you, your core longing is to hear, you will not be betrayed. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like your husband is like probably because he wants to hear as a type one, you are good. Right. Well, that probably never comes to your mind to tell anyone that they are good. Not, I mean, you no. know, not, it's just not. Not naturally. Now that I know him and know that that's what he needs. Exactly. Right. But that's not like as an eight growing up, that's not something you're just going to naturally say to someone. No, because it wasn't what I needed either. Exactly. You're trying to show him, I am not going to betray you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm here. I got your back. And he's like, cool. I'm not worried about that. (laughs) I don't need that. You know? So it's kind of like, um, you know, similar in a a way to love languages. So people can kind of hear this. Like some people are they want to, to receive gifts. So guess mm-hmm. what? They're going to be the ones giving gifts and they give great gifts and they give great gifts. Gifts are like the last on my bucket. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. Thanks. Like that's, that didn't hit me the same way, yes. but mine is words of affirmation. And I, if I gave you or my husband a ton of affirmation, you'd probably look at me like, what's going on? Like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> right. Are you trying to manipulate me here? You know? Yeah. Um, so So with the core motivations, we want to look past the behaviors and we want to look at the why, why did you do what you did? And so start there, start looking at those core motivations and then go into learning about the types themselves. Um, uh, You can, you know, our website has a lot of information on the different types. We have have books Our becoming us book. We have courses, actually our discovering you course is a great place to start, but we also have what we just uh, came out with this one. It's Enneawhat.com. And it's just a great place to launch off. Like, well, what is this Enneagram thing? So oh, okay, Enneawhat.com. Cool. 
And that will take you through a free course. There's just four short videos that kind of walk you through what is this Enneagram thing. I'll describe a little bit about the types and kind of get you going. So there's just a lot of different uh, resources, but it all boils down to the core motivations. And Mm -hmm. even if you're an Enneagram fanatic, when we're teaching everything that we teach, even on a higher level, always comes back to those core motivations. So you Mm -hmm. can't go wrong by printing that off and having it next to you all the time. Because again, like you said, if you, you said your husband was, what was he doing outside just a second ago? No, he was weed eating. Yeah, he's weed eating. Okay. So if you were out weed eating, it's very different than how he's going to weed eat. You know, like that's why I don't weed eat. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He wants it precise and there's Mm -hmm. a way to do it. It's I just want it done. And you just want it done. Now (laughs) that's, you know, one is, I know he's going to be like, no, that's not right. One is not (laughs) right or wrong. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, it is. Actually, Gottman, who's a marriage researcher, 70% of uh, marriages arguments, there's no right or wrong answer. It's differences. Yeah. It's viewpoints. Exactly. Anyway. Of course, some people don't disagree, but you know, like, right. once, no, there's a right way. Um, <laughs> right. So all that to be said, yes. Um, you know, so that's, that's a little bit of how you can find your Enneagram type. Again, you can take our free assessment, use that as a guiding post, go to your forward slash core motivations to look at all nine core motivations, and then just sit with when something happens. Well, why did I think that way? Or why did I feel that way? And yes, you're going to have to go inward. You're going to have to go deeper. Um, but once you start to do that and you apply the gospel, so there's no more shame and self-condemnation because you know that you're unconditionally loved and forgiven that is going to be, you know, where everything really is at. What is, what's a nine's core longing? Like, what do they want to hear? That you, did you, sorry, you broke up the nines. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the type nines, we long to hear your presence matters. Mm-hmm. So in the mind of the nine, we're constantly trying to push everyone out in front of us to um, like, they're more important. You know, I shouldn't assert myself. My presence doesn't really matter. That's kind of the running theme in the back of our mind, the core lie. So each type has their own core lies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the nine. And so we long to hear that your presence matters. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it in terms of, I think that the Enneagram is such an incredible tool for relationship and for understanding yourself, but how much it also has impacted my relationship with Christ. That, you know, for me, mine being, you will not be betrayed. Well, before I knew that that was, you know, like, I think it was, it's one of those things that, you know, but don't know, like it hasn't landed yet that that's what you need. Well, like I've literally struggled with feeling like God betrayed me or like God let me down. Sure. You know, and so, and you, and you probably, and here's the thing, even though we have the Enneagram to help us to show us these things, bring that clarity you're still going to struggle with it. That's, that's what we want people to recognize. So you're going to continue for the rest of your life. There is this bent to believing that that's true. And Hey, guess what? The world is sinful. There are going to be people that are going to betray you or, or harm you. So we don't, and there are going to be people that think my presence doesn't matter or my voice doesn't matter, you know, right. That, That can be true. But if I'm waiting for humans or the world or material things or a career to come through for me, I am going to be a very sad person Yeah, and it's going to uh, dismantle my life, my relationships. But if I can turn to the spring of living water and recognize, okay, Christ literally left his throne, mm. was born on earth, 
you know, lived a perfect life with all of the sin and the chaos that's here, was betrayed, beaten, and died and rose again, literally came for me and you. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a nine, okay, it's like, oh, wow, he, my presence really does matter. Like he went to Mm. that great length. Mm-hmm. Like that's what brought my heart alive. Now that should bring everyone's heart alive, mm-hmm. but this is that thing that I never thought was true. Um, just, just in general with anyone. And, and then you can has, stop needing it from other people. Yes. Yeah. Cause I go right. to the spring of living water and I drink exactly from that. The, the word use the Holy spirit to mm-hmm. constantly remind myself that what I long for, I actually am satisfied in. And yes. now again, we're humans. We're on this side of heaven. So Every day, that is something I have to wrestle with. It's not that Christ has to redo it. No, the work is done. It's complete. I have to call it gospel (laughs) self-talk. I have to speak the gospel to myself every single day because I'll still try to get it from my husband or I'll still try to get it from my kids. You'll start it. You'll still try to get your husband to show that he's not going to betray you or he's not going to blindside you. And those are important things for our people to come alongside us, right. Never satisfy that for us. And like you said, like we live in a fallen world, people are like, there is sin. So like you were saying, people are going to betray you. People are going to think that you're, they are going to be jerks and think your presence doesn't matter. Yeah. But when they do, if you Mm -hmm. know that that's like a, eh, like just an extra little, like, you know, because like, if somebody thinks my presence doesn't matter, I'm like, Okay, ditto, like whatever, you know, like I'm, yes, that's fine. It doesn't rattle you. No, but if somebody betrays me or I've even remotely perceived that they have betrayed me, it's bad. But in understanding that about myself, I am able to turn to God and be like, you have never failed me. You have never left my side. You have never been anything but what you said you'd be. Right. And it makes it, it really, like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt and doesn't suck, but it does make it okay. Yeah. And it helps to transform our inner world. It, it helps us to see what is the log in our own eye. Yeah. So even if I was sinned against, like, let's say someone spoke, you know, directly ill towards me, you know, that's conflict, that's tension. I feel like my presence doesn't matter. Even if someone intended to do that, I need to see, okay, well, what's happening in my heart now? That doesn't mean I shouldn't, I mean, I should feel pain and stuff, but Am I trying to convince them or am I that my presence matter? Am I trying to show the world that my presence matter? Or am I recognizing that my heart tends to go there and own it and apologize to God? Mm -hmm. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry that I'm, I still want people to think I'm, you know, important or that I have, you know, some significance, but you showed me that I do, you say that I do. and. So when we own our own stuff, we take the log out of our own eye and he then replenishes us and restores us and heals us and reconciles us. Then even when people are like that to us, we can actually move towards them in a Mm Christ-like love. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. Like, how can we be more like Christ? And we can't unless we have drank from the spring of living water, which means being fully satisfied in these core longings Mm -hmm. and recognizing all that I've ever longed for is here. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm in my husband's office right now doing the podcast. And if I was like, oh man, if I was just in my husband's office, life would be like amazing. And right. You're like looking at me like uh, you're there, like trying to get in a place you're already at. Well, that's, 
you know, knowing who we are and whose we are, we're already there, but we forget, you know, that's just the human uh, condition. We forget, but that's why we have to do this gospel self-talk, but then come alongside each other and say, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you feel like you're being betrayed right now, but let's redirect your heart back to Christ. And even if you're being betrayed, let's redirect your heart. And then how Mm -hmm. can we come into the situation in a way that is more healthy Mm -hmm. and aligned with the gospel versus reacting in a way that is harmful. Which eights are great at reacting in a way that's harmful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and there is a slight disadvantage in the sense of eights, nines, and ones were in the gut center. Right. So we, we operate off of an instinct. Um, And for eights, it's like a two liter Coke with a lid off of it and Mentos are being thrown in. It's not oh, even like, oh, I'm going to think about this and then I'm going to react. It is just a reaction. So, and I don't, and I mean that in like a, a compassionate way, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it takes a lot of self-awareness to literally kind of put your hand over the bottle before it spews everywhere mm-hmm. to try to reorient your heart mm-hmm. um, in a way that is beneficial for you, others, and glorifies God. Now that doesn't mean yeah. it's impossible, no. but I it's like compassion, like, wow, that that is hard. Now I'm the opposite. I have a two liter Coke and my lid is tight on because I don't you like need it. somebody to shake it. <laughs> well, no, the world shakes it. It's, it's, yeah. There's all this tension inside, but I'm so afraid of it coming out. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to know what's going on and to express myself and my needs mm-hmm. as a nine and not worry so much about what others are thinking and doing what is right before the Lord. So mm-hmm. we all have our things. And yeah. um, that's why I love bringing it alongside of the gospel because, and the truth is that we now can see our weaknesses and frailties, but also how we are uniquely designed to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And so we want to just keep our eyes fixated on, okay, Lord, where do I need to own and apologize and surrender to you and then depend on the Holy Spirit to work in and through me to use these gifts and these talents and these abilities and the ways that I interact with the world in a way to glorify you and bless others. That's really mm-hmm. what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, I think people hopefully now like have a little bit of a better understanding of what the Enneagram is and, and how to figure out what their type is and then how to like walk that out with, in tandem with the gospel to just like look more like Christ and be able to treat other people more like Christ. Um, tell people where they can like find you, follow you. There's going to be a ton of links in the show descriptions of this episode so they can find the links to all the things. Yeah. So we have everything from beginners all the way to certifying Enneagram coaches Mm -hmm. from a gospel center perspective. So um, if you are just a total newbie into the Enneagram, again, Mm enneawhat.com will kind of take you through a four-part free mini course to kind of um, help you to understand help you to understand the Enneagram. So that will help you to kind of speed up into it. And then um, your Enneagram coach, of course.com has, you know, a lot of resources and information. We have online courses anywhere from discovering you. That's a great place to start mm-hmm. understanding really a much deeper dive into the Enneagram and the nine types that will really help you to discover your main type. Um, and then we get into explore your type, which is okay. So now, you know, you're an eight or three or a two. Now, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, but we just came out this week with a membership site and it's called okay. your anyapath.com. And okay. the reason why we call it your anyapath is we are laying out a path of growth. We, over the years, we've seen, okay, what are the things that people need to understand about the Enneagram from a gospel centered perspective in 
a succinct order to really grow and transform. Because a lot of people are like, okay, well, I know my Enneagram type, but now what? Right. And this is a community of learning and growth that one you do privately and together. So you'll watch uh, four videos every month. And I'm going to, I mean, it's, it's really, really awesome. But yeah. then around month six, I'm actually introducing something completely new to the Enneagram space that literally my husband, and I've been using for at least four years now. It's very transformative. Yeah. So in month four, uh, six, we get into that. So everything is an on-ramp up until that point. And then yeah. inside it, we have our own community. So we have community boards and forums. So we have like-minded Christians who are wanting to use the Enneagram to come together and to talk. And so it's kind of like a Facebook, but better yeah. because it's just us. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so that's your Enneapath.com. So for those, and it's, um, it's going to only be $15 a month. So wow. you're going to get a ton of Enneagram content, but curated just for your growth and transformation. Oh, snap. That sounds awesome. I kind of might have to look into that for myself because that's right. incredible. Yeah. Now, thank you so much for taking the time to just like have an Enneagram conversation. I haven't gotten to do this in a really long time. It's one of my I favorite know. things. Now. I could talk forever about it, but I, know, I, know, I, could too. I know we don't have all that time, but maybe, maybe another day you and I can get together and, and go for it. Love that. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.